Jared, what's going on? Guess what? It's me again. Back at it again with some announcements coming at you. This week on Tuesday at 6.30, we're starting our chosen watch party Bible study group. You won't want to miss it. That's Tuesday at 6.30. I think it's not too late to still sign up. Uh, You can download the Keys Vineyard Church app and uh, sign up for that Bible study there. Also coming up this week, this Friday, we're so excited. It's our summer VBS back to school bash thing going on. Uh, That's going to be this Friday starting at 6 o'clock. You know, bring your kids in a little early to get signed in. We still need some volunteers and um, we always appreciate the help. So if you can be there that day to sign up to, that would be great. Uh, Sign ups to volunteer and register your kids will be on the app as well. Also, on the 18th of this month, I announced it last week, we will be doing a worship circle night here at the church. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Bring acoustic instruments. I'll have a few, like, electric things going on, but uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. That'll be Wednesday, August 18th at 6.30. And uh, also, keep downloading the app. You know, I've said that a bunch. I'll keep saying it. Uh, we're really excited about the app. You can... You know, do your fill-in notes on it, sign up for events, watch past services, uh, listen to some songs by our worship team, and all sorts of cool stuff. So download that. And with all that being said, let's get ready for church. All right. Welcome, Vineyard Virtual Family. Glad to have you with us this morning. We're getting ready to go here. Um, should be a great time in worship. It really was good last night. And then I'll be in Mark chapter 8 if you want to get your Bibles ready and uh, some good stuff going on there. So are you ready? We are. Here we go. Good morning. Good morning. Hopefully you got your coffees. I didn't get mine yet, so be patient with me. <laughs> We're glad you guys made it. I'll tell you what we'll be attempting this morning. We're going to start things off with communion. Pastor Barry and Renee are in town visiting, which we're very excited about. Pastor Barry is going to lead us through communion in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. We really did have so much fun last night. and We're looking forward to doing it with you all again. After worship, if there's any kids here, Pastor Georgina will come up and teach them a Bible verse. And then they will be dismissed to Sunday school. And we'll have our time in the Word with Pastor Steve. Before we start any of that, let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit. We invite your presence, Papa. We're so eager to see what you will be doing today. We're on our tiptoes in anticipation. Fill us with your presence. Change our hearts and our minds to be more like you. And we join with the churches all around the world where your gospel is preached with this college. Lord God, grant to us the desire to always think and do those things that are right, so that we, who cannot do anything good without you, may be able in your strength to live by doing the next right thing. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. Pastor Barry. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it saying, This is my body, which is for you. Take and eat in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he took the cup. It was the last supper, the Passover celebration, a couple of plagues and sanctification had already been poured and celebrated. Jesus took the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. He said, This is my blood poured out for you. 
drink this in remembrance of me. There with his friends that night, Jesus gave us a lasting ordinance of remembrance that we call communion of the Lord's table of the Lord's supper. He said, from now on, when you get together and partake of this meal, I want you to remember me. So as his friends gathering this morning, we partake of this meal, the bread, the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. We want to remember and give thanks. We want to remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We want to remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. We want to remember how he defeated death and rose again. And we want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back for us soon. So this morning over here on the side of the sanctuary on this table are the elements of communion, the bread, the cup, the body, and the blood of the Lord. The table is open to all who believe. So as we worship in song and you feel led by the Spirit, please come, partake, and remember, and give thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Barry. Uh, We're going to enter into our time of worship here, and I would encourage us all to lift our voices and to participate in this time. If you guys are joining us online, do the same, you know, sing, hallelujah, chat, amen, all that good stuff. If we're here now, I can hear us all lift our voices, and, uh, you know, I'm always so encouraged when we join together in this time. So we'll see the words pop up all over the place. You're welcome to sit, but stand if you're able. He is the God who fights for us.
Come thou fount of every blessing Tune my heart to sing thy praise Streams of mercy never ceasing Call for songs of loudest praise And teach me some melodious song Fixed upon Mount of Thy
study your word. Lord God, would you anoint the words that are spoken to us, that are taught to us. God, use those words to stir up our hearts towards you. And Holy Spirit, I would ask that you'd be with those working with our children at this service and 9, 30, and 11. God, anoint them. Give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them, oh God. You are so good, Lord. We love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. And Pastor Georgina, would you please come up and teach the children a Bible verse? Good morning. Okay, don't see little ones, but to the Lord, you all are his little ones, okay? All right, very good. So, it's okay. So, the kids are going to be learning about Jude, which is really interesting because it's the shortest book, I think, of the Bible. Am I right, pastors? Yeah. I love Jude. I was like, wow, this is easy, fun, you know? Good. It's done. <laughs> um, but Jude is so important because he was the half-brother of Jesus, which just amazes me um, and encourages me so much in so many ways. But So Jude was telling God's people to 
contend for the faith, to defend the faith by holding on to what is true about Jesus. And he told them, and the kids are going to learn this, which I'm so excited about too, that um, you know that they needed to be watch out for those who were trying, who were doing wrong things, who were teaching wrong things about Jesus, right? And he told them, but you, dear friends, build each other up on the foundation of your most holy faith, right? To pray in the Holy Spirit and to keep each other in the love of God. That's from Jude 1, 20, 21. He wanted to remind them that Jesus is the way, right? Jesus is the truth and Jesus is the life. And because of him, we can be be presented in front of God and that Jesus will keep us from falling into sin. So that was really, really good. So I'm excited for them. So you guys can repeat after me, okay? You guys ready? All right. Jude 1, 20 to 21. Jude 1, 20 to 21. Good. But you, dear friends, build each other up on the foundation of your most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Yes, and keep each other in the love of God. Excellent job. Good. Yes, good. All right, so now we're going to pray for all of our kids, okay? All right. Father in heaven, we thank you so much, Lord God, for making a way for us to be with you forever, Lord. And we just pray that these truths, Lord God, will just be so cemented in the little ones' hearts, Lord God, that all the days of their lives, Lord God, they will worship you as their Lord and Savior, God. Protect them, Lord God, and guide them, Lord, and let them taste and see how good you are, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good morning. Welcome to the Vineyard. So glad to have you here with us this morning. Welcome to those of you joining us online. If you are a first-time guest or visitor, this uh, thing is for you. It's a QR code. And here's, here's uh, let me explain it. So uh, if you were to point your smartphone at that with the camera on, what it would do is the little thing would pop up, and if you push that, there'd be an opportunity for you to interact with our Connect card. And uh, what it asks for is your name, your email address, and your phone number. Let me tell you what we do with that information is that over the next four to six weeks, you will get a couple of texts and a couple of emails. And uh, and then it stops. And then you don't go into any other lists or anything. It's just a way of connecting with you a little better. So um, if you are indeed a first-time guest or visitor, we would appreciate if you would take a moment and uh, give us that info. And... Um, at the end of this service, you can go back to guest services if you've done that and ask for your first-time visitor gift, which is a very nice little thing. And uh, they're back there, and so we have that for you. Anyway, that's what that's all about. And we are going to uh, continue on in our series called Are You Ready? I've been in it a long time now, 17 weeks. I'm sorry, I do long series. I probably should have broke it in the smaller ones, but I'm on a, I'm on a theme. And now, and now people said, uh, well, when will it end? 21. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> but there's so much stuff we've covered now, I can't get it all in an intro, but I will try and just quickly go through it. Remember, it's a series about hope. That's how it started. We're to be ready or prepared to give a reason for the hope that we have. We jumped into the end of Revelation and we talked about our hope. You know, heaven coming down to earth, everything renewed, restored. We get new physical bodies and we spend forever and ever with God on the planet the way it was supposed to be back in creation. That's our hope. And then we can look back now through the cross 
and the resurrection. And the whole Bible opens up to us uh, because we know our hope. And now we have lots and lots of reasons for our hope. And so we're talking about all those reasons in some really pretty significant themes. Um, we've talked about, you know, the idea that heaven and earth are not millions of miles apart. I'll touch on that more today, but they overlap somehow. And we've looked at that. And we've talked about exile and exodus and tabernacle. And very important things for us to understand. And then lately we've been talking about the kingdom of God. Remember when I say kingdom of God, I am not talking about a place. And if that's where your mind goes, when you hear or read kingdom of God, we need to get that changed a little bit. It's about the rule and reign of God. God being king uh, is the kingdom of God. And, and Jesus inaugurated the kingdom with his death and resurrection. He'll consummate it when he returns. We live in a tension between the now and the not yet. And, and so the kingdom is here, but not fully here. And we've been looking at the parables because the parables are stories that reveal the kingdom. And that's what they're all about. And that's why it's so important. So, uh, uh, so in the parables, we've seen, you know, it's his agenda, not our agenda. A new thing has started. It's time to celebrate. You can't replace relationship with rules. That might be one of those things. If you don't get anything else out of this whole series, get that one. Um, uh, Jesus is, you know, dealing with our hearts, and it's more than outward things. It's the that the kingdom is actually bringing an inward change in here. And so all that's going on. We're going to be in Mark chapter 8 this week, continue talking about the kingdom of God. That's the intro. Not too long. Quickly, some bad jokes. Uh, you know, mini season was this last week, and I saw a stand open up on the side of the road with a sign that said $2 lobster tail. So I stop, and I go up to the guy, and I hand him 2 bucks, and he says... Once upon a time, there was this lobster. Just so you know, when it comes to limbo, I set the bar pretty high. Last one. People ask what my favorite tongue twister is. It's hard to say. Alice, would you come and... I will give them this. A tutor who tooted the flute tried to tutor two tutors to toot. Said the toot of the tutor. Is it harder to toot or to tutor two tutors to toot? Thank you very much. Did did you learn that in seminary? Yes. (laughs) No, in seminary I learned. Uh, No. Moses supposes his toesies are roses, but Moses supposes. No, stop. Erroneously. For nobody's toes. You never want to give him a lead-in because it really goes. But that was very good. Thank you, love. <laughs> yes. Good morning, everybody. Good to see you today. It's good to be in the presence of Papa. Amen? So let's pray, shall we? Thank you. Yahweh, 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 the beginning and the end, the author and perfecter of our faith, the King of kings. Lord, come again today as we study your word. Father, remember to us our Egypts and how you brought us out of that. Father, let your goodness truly like a fetter bind our wandering hearts to thee. And may we live in that bubble of your peace that the Holy Spirit brings. That no matter what we see or hear around us, we can live in your peace. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? text today is out of the book of Mark, and this is chapter 8, 22 through 29. 
They came to Bethsaida, and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. When he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, Do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people, and they look like trees walking around. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened. His sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. Jesus sent him home, saying, Don't even go into the village. Jesus and his disciples went on to the villages around Caesarea Philippi, and on the way he asked them, Who do people say I am? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? And Peter answered, you are the Messiah. Blessed be the word of the Lord, you can be seated. Moses supposes erroneously. For nobody's toesies or poses of roses as Moses supposes his toesies to be. Okay, good, I got it out. Yeah, you can quote me on that. <laughs> ah, powerful passage. So let me say this. Um, as you read the scripture and as you read the gospels, know that nothing is wasted. Like everything matters. Every word matters. Everything is where it is for a reason. And I, I've often um, thought this was a, an amazing passage in scripture, uh, but I hadn't really considered why it was where it was. Why, why Mark takes this story and Holy Spirit has him put it right here in front of these things. And it's the, this kind of the story, you know, let's call it a stutage. Uh, or we could call it a two-stage healing. And what's going on with that? And, and let me, Alice just read, let me read you this part again. They came to Bethsaida and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. When he had spit on the man's eyes. Now, let me just stop it there. So and let me say this. If you're praying for someone. <laughs> well, hey, so I've prayed for a lot of people. I have yet to spit any, on anybody's eyes. Um. So you first you have to make sure that that's something the Lord would really have you do. And then I always say this, you, it better get backed up with some healing. <laughs> um, but, and this, and this isn't how, this doesn't always happen. Jesus isn't always spitting on people. But in this case, he spits on the guy's eyes, Mark says, puts his hands on him, says, do you see anything? And he looked up and said, I see people, and they look like trees walking around. And so Jesus goes again once more. Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes, and then the eyes, then his eyes were open, his sight restored, he saw everything clearly. So this thing, this, this miracle happened in two stages, if you would. This healing happened in two stages. And I used to, the only, I used to think that is why sometimes when we're praying for folks, we want to keep praying. That, that we might get somewhere, but maybe we can keep pressing in. But why is it here in this story? And, I've been spending time this last, I, I was preparing for this a couple of weeks ago, um, and it's one of those things that has really caught my attention. And I love it when God does that. And I, I hope he, he's doing that for you. It's why I'm always encouraging, encouraging you to read your scripture. You've got to read it for yourself. And, and like for me, it's so wonderful because I've been reading the Bible now for a fairly long time. All right? I got 
saved in 1985 when I was 25 years old, and I'm 61 now. And uh, and I dove in from, I felt, you know, and I was in and have stayed pretty much reading Scripture and studying Scripture and, and doing all those things. And uh, it's one of those things like when you're reading the Bible, and the more you think you know, the, then, then all of a sudden you realize you don't really know nearly as much, and you go back into it again, and you learn some more, and that opens up more. And it's an amazing thing. There's nothing like the Bible. There really isn't. It's like... It's this amazing thing. That's why I always want you to read it. And I'm always, I'm always sad when people are say, well, they really struggling. And I'm like, keep pressing in, but keep asking Holy Spirit to just open it up to you, because He will. And anyway, um, this sort of thing is that all of a sudden, because of the context we're going to look at, it was like, how often is this the case where we sort of begin to see something, and then the more that we press into Jesus, the more clearly we begin to see it. And a lot of these things in the kingdom have these sort of two-stage things happening. And it could be multiple stages. Like, you know, you hear me all the time talking about the now and the not yet. The kingdom is here, but not fully here. But we see it for what now, but, but we also need to understand there's more coming. Or it's like when I've been telling you, heaven and earth overlap. And, and I know that's a difficult thing for people to take hold of. And they're okay. But we, we're so entrenched in us is the idea that heaven is way up there and earth is way down here. And they're pretty much disconnected. That's that's been, unfortunately, what most of us have just been trained to believe. And so it impacts our thinking all the time. We always think heaven and, and earth, and, and it's not. And so the, the problem with that thinking is that makes you feel like, well, God's in heaven, so he's a long way away. He doesn't care. Jesus is now in heaven interceding, so he's way up there. Thankfully, we have Holy Spirit. But that, you know... And it's not how it works. Heaven and earth overlap. We saw it in Jesus. Remember, we've talked about that a lot. He was an overlap of heaven and earth, right? Fully God, fully man, a picture of tabernacle. God's heart is to dwell with us. The hope we have, heaven and earth being together. Holy Spirit now in us. We're an overlap. Heaven and earth overlap. And, and again, I know it's hard for us to grasp that, but that's a reality that we're the temple. We're the place where heaven and earth meet. Uh, is in us, not uh, corporately and individually, both. Well... I love this sort of, this idea of this two stage that, that we see, but we don't always see all that we need to see. And, and I, was, I was thinking about this, this story I'm about to read you opened up to me, about how heaven and earth overlap. Heaven is not off, heaven, and we're, we're connected somehow, and it's hard for us to see what's going on. But then I thought of this wonderful story in the Old Testament. It just opened up for me, and I think it's a great picture of what I'm talking about, heaven and earth overlap. And this is Elisha, and uh, Elisha's servant. And they've been surrounded by an army. When the servant, this is 2 Kings 6, when the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh, no, my Lord. What shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. And then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. What, what happened is he got a look into the heaven that's just outside our normal visual place to see. But right there, it's not like this. This is what was going on. This is what's going on. It's a picture of this idea. And, and we need to understand that. And you can, I go back and look at that story again. But, you know... Those with us are far greater than those with him. But sometimes it takes this extra eyesight to see. 
and we have to press in. And I love this story because it's, it's as that, you know, as Jesus, the, the more you press in, the more you can see. And that needs to be our heart's desire. We're going to press in and we're going to ask him to show us to be able to see the way that he does. Now, why did Mark put it in that story? And, and this is a great thing because he's about to ask his disciples a couple of questions. Two questions. Two stage of healings. Two ways of seeing. Two questions. And it's all about who do you say I am? And so he's walking along. The story continues. Mark has it there on purpose. Jesus and his disciples went on to the villages around Caesarea Philippi. On the way, he asked them. This is a great conversation starter. Who do people say I am? And they replied, some say John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. What about you? Who do you say I am? And Peter answered, you are the Messiah. Now, this is a big deal with what's going on. And in some of the other Gospels, there's a bigger, a bigger take on the whole story. But, but why is there this issue? Because what's happening is, now begin to tie in all of the threads that we've been talking about. The people of God are waiting for Messiah. They're waiting. We've got 490 years in play from Daniel. They're aware of that, the 77s. They're right at that time period in history. Uh, They've been oppressed by the Romans. And all they can think of now after all this long wait, right, because the temple was rebuilt, but the presence of God didn't come. So they're, they, okay, it's 490 years. Something's going to, we're right in that time. Some Messiah is coming. And um, Messiah, what they know that Messiah will do is he's going to overthrow their oppressors, and reestablish Israel. And that's all they can see and think of. And we've been looking at that a lot. Remember remember back in Luke 4 when we unrolled the scroll there and Jesus says, I'm here to do all these things, and then he rolls it back up before he says, announce the day of the Lord's vengeance, and the people get so mad they want to kill him because that's all they care about. Not all about all the rescue stuff that he's going to do. Not this rescue is for everyone. They don't want to hear that. They just want vengeance. So what? They don't like Jesus. Boom. Jesus is going to go. And so now he's saying, well, what's going on? Because people know that Jesus is doing stuff. Big crowds are following him. Miracles are happening. He says, so who do you, who do people say I am? And they said, well, they think maybe you're John the Baptist or, or, or one of the prophets because you're doing some great things and they understand that. But you're not doing what Messiah does. We've got an issue. You haven't overthrown the Romans. That's been the problem, right? And even, even with that issue, it, like I just talked about John the Baptist, remember he had issues. And it's when John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone? Powerful question because John's kind of in on this loop. He's a cousin. And he was there when he baptized Jesus and we get this recreation of creation kind of, you know, with the Father, Son, Holy Spirit and over the waters and the hovering of Genesis. John sees all that. And so, and John knows who his cousin is, but... But, you know, why would John ask that question? He's in prison. And he's about to get beheaded. And I think what he's saying is, listen, cousin, if you're going to do this thing, now would be a really good time. (laughs) Cuz, what's up? (laughs) Aren't you the one? (laughs) And Jesus said, go back and tell John what you hear. Tell my cousin, listen, the blind receive sight. The lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cleansed. The deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Listen, the kingdom is here. Blessed is anyone who doesn't stumble on account of me, but because it's not what you want. Don't miss it. 
Blessed is anyone who gets it. That he's, he's here. He's doing what's supposed to happen. He's just not doing the part that they're insisting on, which is overthrowing the Romans. Because Jesus has a deeper part to do. He didn't come just to unseat the Romans. He came to defeat sin and death. Way bigger job. But that's not what they're looking for. And, and so they, they're struggling with this whole thing. And then when he says, who do you say that I am? There, there's a, this is, it's like this miracle. It's like that second stage healing. That the disciples' minds are opened even a little bit to that something's going on is miraculous. And even Jesus says, my father revealed that to you. They don't even hang on to it very long. <laughs> Peter's got it and then he doesn't pretty quick. Because it brings up the question, and this is huge. Are we going to do it his way or are we going to do it our way? And this is the, the kingdom of God and, and the, the thing that you have to get a hold of. Will you do it his way or do you need to do it your way? Well, well, I sort of want to do it your way, God, but I'd like a lot of my way thrown in. And in the points where your way and my way, then I'm going to lean more on my way. And somehow that's your fault or something's going on. But how are we going to move through this process? That's what Jesus is saying. Blessed are those who don't stumble on account of me. But, but you have to move. You, this, this God's way is the way that it makes a difference. And he begins to teach them. Listen to this. That the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and teachers of the law. And that he must be killed and after three days rise again. Now, I, this next... He spoke plainly about this. Why is that important? Well, he's been doing a lot of talking in parables, right? And they're used to, well, there's got to be a deeper meaning to this. This is very plain. This is how it's going to be, guys. This is what's going to happen. What's Peter say? Peter, who just got that you're Messiah, uh-uh, that Jesus, you have to overthrow the Romans. That's what Messiah does. So Peter takes him aside and begins to rebuke him. That's Peter's got some... There's a word for that. <laughs> Courage is a good word. <laughs> Chutzpah. It's a Jewish word, right? <laughs> but when Jesus, Jesus turns and looks at his disciples and he rebuked Peter. Yeah, you, that's, that don't play. Get behind me, Satan. Poof. You got to imagine going from, I got it, I got it, to, oh, I got to crawl off in a hole somewhere. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. This is the biggie, guys. This is the his way or your way thing. Is it really his way or is it our way? Is it, is it, is it the things of God? That, because the kingdom is here and we're, that's us. That's, you know, we're in it. And we have to have in mind his things, not our things. And we often get trapped in human concerns. And then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Wow. It's not, you're not going to make it if it's got to be your way. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. Life is found in following Jesus. What good is it? For someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit 
their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, in this present evil age, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels in the age to come. This is now and the not yet thing. This is the deal. You're either going to come in and walk with me and move with me and yield the Holy Spirit, or you're going to miss everything that's going on. And here's this, this is a picture, because it talks about the soul there. And, and we don't really have um, a great handle on what the soul is, and, and because we've, it's, it's too long of a story. But let me tell you how I understand what the soul is. The soul is the real you. The, the soul is you, it's, it's the person you were created to be, the fully human person you were created to be. And I like to think of it like this. And so, um, have you ever have you ever seen somebody who who got ill, and when and then when somebody sees them and they don't they, don't, they look different that they're a shadow of their former self? You ever heard somebody say it? Okay, well now let's let's spin that around. Here's what I would say about you, as a believer in Christ, filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, part of the kingdom, is that right now you're a shadow of your future self. And I want you to use your holy imagination. Ask God to help you to begin to imagine what that really means. That, that you, uh, as, as Holy Spirit continues to move in you, think about how much brighter, how, how much more vibrant, uh, how, how much uh, freer, how much more, uh, you know, all these things. Start thinking about all of that as, as the hue that you were created to be, walking with God free from all of the guilt and all of the shame and all of the hurt and everything that you've done and everything that's been done to you and free from all of that and just living as the person, the fully human person that you were created to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And then ask God, as he helps you see that, to allow that to impact you now. And begin to live like that more and more and more and more now. Not all by that mess, but by all the hope and the promise and the future. And begin to see yourself like that. You see in part, well, Holy Spirit's here. and Oh, I'm being changed and all those things. But man, he hasn't even, listen, he hasn't even like begun yet. But Holy Spirit knows you. I love that. You, you need to know that, because some people, they've asked me the question, well, what happens after I die? And what if, if I'm, what if my bones are burned or something? And how does God put me back together again? Listen, Holy Spirit knows you so well that it's nothing for the creator of universe to put you back however he wants you. With whatever's available. And, and so you, you need to come to grips with those things. See, there's something that's changed because of what Jesus has done. And, and we see it in part, but we don't see it all the way. And then there's this verse. I'll end with this. Mark 9. So, you know, when the chapters and the verses, they were just, they had to make breaks in them somewhere. Sometimes a story continues on. Like it's part of the old story. And verse chapter 9, verse 1 should probably be the end of chapter 8. This one verse. And he said to them, Truly I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see that the kingdom of God has come with power. People look at that. Well, then they think, well, we must be talking about when Jesus returns. And so they thought, well, some of these people are still alive, floating around. That's not what he meant. Um, when, when did the kingdom of God come in power? At the cross and resurrection. 
it's coming. It still comes. It's here and it's coming. But it happened. They, they were a bunch of them still around. It wasn't much longer after this time. Boom. They got to see it. How did they see it? Jesus defeated sin and death and rose again in this new form. Different than he wasn't just, you know, because you read in the scripture, other sometimes they like Lazarus popped out. Well, what was that? Wasn't that a resurrection? Uh-uh, he was still in that same body. He's going to die again. Jesus. Jesus doesn't just come back to life. Jesus defeats death and comes through on the other side. Different. And that's what our hope is. And, and we have that coming. And so the power is there. And, and it's demonstrated that the kingdom of God has come with power. Now, let me say this to close. So we're changed now because of what Jesus has done. As believers, we're, we're already being made different. We're a shadow of our future self, but it's impacting us. Already. And so what Jesus is saying is, listen, um, we have to live differently. You have to let that impact you. You have to live as new creation people now. Um, we, we have to live as people from the age to come in this present age. And because of that, now hear this, the enemy, he's gonna, there's going to be some pushback involved. That's the word I use. And it's like the enemy will poke you. Do you get that the enemy will... He sort of knows what buttons to push to stir you up a little bit and to get you frustrated. And when you get frustrated, you lose your focus. And, and here's, here's how that looks. So, so think about this. I don't know if any of you are frustrated about our current events. In our frustration, sometimes what we'll do is we'll try and focus it on this person, that person, this group, that group, this thing, that thing. And I think the enemy just starts to laugh hysterically because he's the one behind it all. And if you don't get that these frustrations, you you cannot, you don't want to turn your focus on people. You need to turn your focus. How about this? Instead of getting frustrated with people, here's what I want you to take all that energy and pray. And let's realize it's a spiritual battle. And then instead of being unkind, let's be kind. Let's let our prayers change our hearts so that we can partner with God into the vocation that he called us to, which is to make a difference on the planet. And let's love well and let's be kind. And let's not let our frustration be targeted at any groups, things, ideas, people. But uh, uh, we have a, we have, in a spiritual battle, we have a very real enemy, and that's what we need to be aware of. And I hate the idea of the enemy sitting around laughing at the mess that he's caused. It's time. What I see is I think, and here I think he's overplayed his hand once again. And what's going to happen is the church is going to go, okay, we've had enough of that, and we had enough of being off focus, and we're going to get back into praying the way we're supposed to, and we're going to ask God to help us and get involved into a spiritual battle, be the people of God in love and kindness, and make a difference on the planet. And that's what I think happened. It's that idea of revival. But, but we have to get a hold of that and change because he's off focus. I thought about the enemy laughing about that. And this morning I was reading Psalm 2. You, you know, if you, you need to be reading the Psalms like all the time. I, I, you know, I've written a book on that, right? I, I don't talk about it enough. But in Psalm 2, it, there's a, you should read that Psalm 2 today. I read it. 
You know who gets the last laugh? God. And I, he, he's just laughing because the enemy can't do it. But the enemy, when he gets us all off kilter, I think he chuckles. And I just, I just like, so I, I like to just kind of read Psalm 2 because I'm like, I know who gets the last laugh. And I'm not going to let you push my buttons. And when I feel my buttons pushed, instead of getting frustrated, just going to let it drive me to prayer. And then get focused the way we're supposed to. All right, that's enough to think about for today. Alice, let's, uh, let's pray. We'll have a little ministry time and then uh, we'll dismiss. I worked up a sweat. <laughs> Papa, um, help us. Help us to partner with you your way. To experience full and abundant life. To be more and more fully human as you created us to be. To not get off focus. To not be distracted by the poking of the evil one. But to understand that you are God. That you are good. That you can use any situation and circumstance. And do amazing things in it. Help us to see more clearly. God, help us to to press in for that second stage look. So that we can walk with you and make a difference. Amen. That kindness thing Steve talked about really hit someone hard here today. And someone's been very unkind to you very recently. And the Lord just wants you to let that go. Be kind in response. Because that's how you mirror the love of God and who Jesus is in your life. And then I had a picture of someone tossing and turning, tossing and turning and not really resting well. And I feel like there's something in your life left, you've left something unsaid in a very significant relationship. You know you have to go to that person and say it, and you're struggling with it. And then, this is funny, because this is how the Lord speaks to me. I saw the Nike sign, which is just do it. So if you do it, there will be a breakthrough. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Ah, <laughs> uh, God is good he's faithful you can trust him you can trust in his word read it please it's amazing uh, if you don't know Jesus that's where all of this starts so Jesus will you be my Lord and Savior that's the beginning for some of you if you've never done it before do it right now Jesus will you be my Lord and Savior uh, and things will Things will definitely begin to change for you. That's a big deal. Thanks again, church, for your generosity. You're awesome. We appreciate uh, all that you uh, do and your faithfulness to giving and tithing and all those wonderful things that you do. Let's sing the doxology and we'll dismiss. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. 
May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thanks for being here. Be thankful for five things. Encourage two people so we can get one lost child back to dad. Read the Psalms. Start today. It's the first day of the month. Doors will be open out here. Head out this way. And um, give yourselves plenty of room on the way out. God bless you guys. We'll see you soon. And thanks for watching online and um, just stuff to think about this week. And I like the idea of being a shadow of your future self. That's something to think about. So uh, so I can kind of chew on that this week. Amen. And be kind out there, people. Love you. Bye-bye.